Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome to another Work Human Radio. I am your host, Mike Wood, and we are taking a break from our Work Human Live coverage, and we're going to get back into the humans of Work Human. I'm very lucky today to be joined by my director of HR, Sarah Hamilton. Sarah, say hi to everybody out in Work Human Radio land. Hello, everyone out in Work Human Radio land. So Sarah has one of the top podcasts when we first started out. I believe it was Work Human Radio number three, where we talked about what we do here in the office. But welcome back, and we'll try to make this a little bit more timely next time. Yeah, I'm psyched to be back. So one of the things I do is I like to get to know the people that are on the show. So like, can you tell me a little bit about like growing up? Like, where'd you grow up? Do you have any siblings? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Bellingham, Massachusetts. For those of you who are going, where is Bellingham, Massachusetts? It's a little town right outside of, I always give people the landmark of the start of the Boston Marathon, Mm -hmm. two towns over. Oh. Okay. Right. See, that's exactly what everybody does. Oh, okay. (laughs) I just say South by Rhode Island. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, I am the youngest of three. My parents had this weird thing, the 777 thing. Yeah, it wasn't intentional. I think it just so happened that so they have my sister and then seven years later, they have my brother. And then seven years later, they had me. So the cycle is complete. Yes, yes. So yeah, very interesting. I've asked them, like, did you plan it that way? And it's just kind of like, no, it just happened wow. that way. So yeah, so my sister's 14 years older than me, wow. brother's seven years older than me, and I'm the baby. So for those of you out there who have these like theories around birth order, right? Like, you know, the oldest has their thing, the middle child has their thing, and the baby has their thing. There you go. I'm the baby. All right. Well, what's your proud thing? of it? <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me what was childhood like. What yeah. did your like yep. parents do? Sure. Like, what did? Yeah. So interesting story. So my dad actually, my dad worked for digital, which okay. was of course everybody worked for digital around here um, yep. back in the day, and my mom was in purchasing for Avery Dennison, which again another place around here in Framingham that mm-hmm. was like everybody worked there at some point in time. And Avery Dennison would make labels and things, and they still do, for your envelopes or packing labels when it says Avery on it. Like, that was the company. Yeah. Exciting. Yes. Invigorating, (laughs) really. And my dad traveled a ton for work. He was an executive at Digital, and he was always going to Europe and going all over. And my mom hated all the travel that he did. So when Digital started going downhill, they were offering some of their executives severance packages. And one of Mm -hmm. them that they were offering was to start your own business. Oh, wow. So my parents talked about it and they decided, you know what, we're going to take it. We're going to do this. And they opened a gourmet coffee shop in Medway, Massachusetts. It was Coffee Sensations. It's now the Muffin House. And do they still own the muffin house? No, he oh, sold okay. it, right? I know, like everyone, right? I know, but he's still there. Are you kidding me? My Okay, let me just say something. My dad is the busiest retired person I think I've ever met in my entire life. Not only is he still working at a coffee shop that he sold, working in the flooring department at Home Depot and taking care of my kids, getting them off the bus every single day. Like the man is crazy. Wow. 73 years old, still plays hockey, still has like, I mean, he just, that's what's going to keep him young. It's how to stay young. There you go. <laughs> Life lessons. So they opened the coffee shop and 
that was a big life change, obviously, for them. And then unfortunately, a year after they opened the coffee shop, my mom passed away when I was 15. So, you know, that was definitely a turning point, obviously, that my dad was left with this business. And for anyone who owns their own business, I'm sure you can relate to how much work that is, particularly in the retail or restaurant industry. I mean, crazy, crazy. And you don't have a set income that you know is going to be. Yeah. And your first year is the hardest, right? Like you're trying to build, build revenue and and build your business. You're probably Mm -hmm. just starting high school. Yep. I was in ninth grade. Yep. Yep. So I was very lucky that I had amazing friends and family, but particularly my friends' families always took me in as one of their own. You know, I just had such a well-rounded experience, I think, from that, even though as hard as it was, if I'm being totally honest, we just celebrated 23 years on Sunday of her passing. And I think it's way harder in my life now than it was when I was 15. Not that it wasn't hard, but like when you're 15, like, let's be honest, what are you thinking about when you're 15? Yourself, right? Like 15-year-old girls are very, very selfish. So why is it harder now just for... So I think it was particularly hard, I think, once I got married, you Mm -hmm. know, and so obviously having a wedding without your mother is tough. But when having my children, that I think has just made it so much more of a void because when you're going through life, I mean, you're trying to get through high school and go to college and do all of these things. And so you're just so wrapped up in life. And I feel like once you have kids, it's like everything just stops and all comes together. You know, that minute that you hold your first child, it's like it all just feels complete it, yeah, for I me, mean, from right? Like everything that you work for, well, like it's to, an instant, to see this. It's an instant switch. So it's an instant, yeah. like before kids, after oh, yeah. kids. Oh, well, please don't even get me started. How much time do we have? We can talk about before kids and after kids all day long. That's uh, another podcast. Sing, single Mike misses the nights where like I can do whatever I want. Oh, it's so true. I say that all to my husband. I'm like, why did we sit home on Friday nights before kids? Like, why did we do that? We should have been out. Living it up. <laughs> I used to be excited about going out to the bar with friends. Yeah. And maybe meeting someone new, but which never really happened. But I wonder why am I? <laughs> probably the, this whole face thing I got going. But now I'm excited about nap time. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, the walk to the, to the other side of the car. <laughs> oh, happens to the best of us. Yep, exactly. So, so yeah. So anyway, I think it affects me more now as I'm just doing in a different place in my life and experiencing new things and having all these different milestones and experiencing it through my children. Like, I can't tell you how many times I'm looking up going, I know, okay, I know you're laughing right now, particularly having a daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, So my daughter is 10 and my son is eight. And, you know, for better or worse, my daughter is me. Oh, is she me? Right. And so I know my mom is going, yes, she does. And I'm sure my mom's up there like, Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Yep. Uh, My daughter's angry face is my face. So um, I know exactly what you're talking about. She's so cute. She is. And we're going to be doing a bring your kid to work day here. And I'm going to hopefully get her on the radio a little bit. So excited about that. Gratitudes Um, for kids. It's amazing. She's three. And if you ask her anything, you have no idea what's going to come out of Mm -hmm. her mouth. And she's just going to be... Like I could be sitting here with all you guys and be like, hey, what do you know about daddy? And she'll be like, daddy cries alone sometimes. And I'm like, oh, thanks for telling everybody that. <laughs> so we have uh, a show about that for a reason. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like, what did you want to do when you sure. were younger? I actually wanted to, well, 
what my family all used to tell me that I was going to do was I was going to be an actress always. Mm -hmm. they, I was just that way. We'd be at a restaurant and I'd be standing there with a notepad, walking around to tables, taking people's orders and <laughs> pretending to be the waitress. And my brother sitting there going, mom, why are you letting her do that? Tell her to stop. She's so embarrassing. You know, I would always impersonate people, family members or right. Like I was always just that way. I did not become an actress. Obviously, I have a way better job now. Um, <laughs> however, I was going to teach. I taught preschool for a while. And when I went to college, I was going to teach. My degree was in psychology. But then the more I learned about psychology and like I was just so fascinated by it and I just loved it so much that then I was like, well, maybe I'm going to do something like with psychology, you know, get it, go on further and get a psychology degree. So I graduated from college and I immediately had like a real job. I was still splitting my time between college and uh, like a real job where I'd have to go home and actually change and put on something professional. Yep. And then it just, you know, I just you kept on. Fell into HR? On. Yeah. Well, so I did. I used to be inside sales. I um, can see you doing sales. Yeah. I was in inside sales and I it was great. I loved it. I'm such a people person. I loved talking to people. But it, for me, it was just like, you know, 200 calls a day, yeah. you know, 200 minutes of talk time, 30 connects. Like that was just for me. I'm like, OK, I need more. Yeah, for people that don't know about me, <laughs> I uh, I was in PR early in my career mm -hmm. and I was pitching things to yeah. the press, which right. back then you still called on the phone. I, I don't believe you can really call people on the phone anymore. That's a little bit too intrusive. But I would call and be like, well, I was working for an agency that had Wonka candy as a client. And oh. I'd be like, I remember I called someone up. I was like, hey, this is Mike Wood from Wonka. Do you have a minute? And they're like, what? And I'm like, hey, the Oompa Loompas are at it again. They're, <laughs> oh, and, and the guy, I would I remember, love to see those scripts. I remember now. the guy was like, there's a bridge that just collapsed in <laughs> Minneapolis. I don't have time for this. Oh, well, yep. Bye. <laughs> bye. Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't right for me. And it was actually the CEO of that company at the time that said, Sarah, you know everybody. Like you talk to everybody, you know everybody. You should be the office manager. And so that was my first path into HR. I was the office manager for the company and I loved it. I mean, I just loved doing a million things, running about, like the hustle and bustle of it. I had the sign at the front desk that had my cell phone number so that if I wasn't at my desk and someone came in, you know, call my cell phone. I mean, it was just like, I mean, I loved it. I just loved the interactions with all the different departments and all the different people and figuring out how things work. And so it was sort of a natural progression because I reported into HR. And then once I learned more about HR, I just, it was just so fascinated by it. And I think more so around looking at HR as something different than the traditional way of how HR was always thought of. Like, I, for some reason, I always just had this vision that like, well, that's not all we do or that's not all HR is about. I think I might have told you when I first started that you're one of the more approachable HR people that I've ever met because HR traditionally as an employee, you have to go see HR. That's not necessarily yeah. a good conversation that yeah. you want to have. Yeah. And that's like a stigma that I think all of us in HR or I hope that most of us in HR are really looking to shy away from because it's so much more than that. And yes, back in the, you know, industrial age and, you know, where things were, it, it was very different, right? Like work was totally different. And as part of the human error, like you have to be thinking completely differently. And it's not about policies and compliance and laws, which is all part of it. Like that's never going to go away. Yep. But 
that shouldn't just be the focus. People shouldn't just be coming to HR when they have a problem, right? People, we should be partnering and working and being a part of people's lives and knowing what's going on with people before it even gets to that point. Like, it's about the humans. And for a period of time, I remember way back when, when like Facebook first came out and a lot of the, you know, my HR friends and some people might be able to relate out there were like, oh, well, I don't friend people that I work with yep. on Facebook. And I was that way for a bit too, where I, I was two, like, I had two accounts. I don't know. Right. Exactly. I had you private know? mic and public mic. Right. But both I, were equally obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt it. I doubt it. But what I found was once I started looking at it differently and, and kind of letting people in one by one as I felt comfortable that what that actually did was allow me to really have a holistic perspective of people's lives and who they are as a whole human. So mm -hmm. like it has, I know what's going on. I can have a conversation with someone and say, oh my gosh, your son graduated. How exciting. Or wow, you know, you guys went on that amazing family trip. And so it actually has completely changed my perspective of it for me to be able to, like, I'm a human too. I do all of these things. I go on vacation with my family. I have, right, a lot of the same experiences. Stress that, you know, of course. other people are, are stressing. Yeah, of course, of course. So I think I've always looked at HR differently. I've always looked at HR from the perspective of people first. And yes, of course, we have an obligation to the company. But if you start with the people, the rest of that stuff becomes so much easier. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I was always told <laughs> You'll laugh at this. I was always told to act more businesslike, to you need to show less emotion. You need to be more reserved about any personal information that you share. Basically, I was raised that anything that you share could be used against you <laughs> in a court of law or whatever. <laughs> what is this, uh, Miranda rights? Yeah. What are we? <laughs> <laughs> and I would do that every time I would be at, at a new job early in my career. And, you know, I would say, okay, this is how I want to be, this is how I'm going to act. And it would last like a week and a half until I had to say some joke or something. And I and it's been a process to not you got to marry the two. You got to be business like, mm -hmm. but still be able to retain some of your personality. And one of the things I love here is that you can have a personality. I spend a lot of my day laughing at different mm -hmm. things and you got to laugh at some things. But that's part of bringing your whole well, like what we mean when we say you know, you should be at a place where you feel you can bring your whole human self to work. That's a perfect example of it. Now, yes, there are, like, you have to be professional. Like, we can't be running around like animals, you know, being crazy. But that's not what really what it's about. It's about allowing yourself to be you. And we're all unique for lots of different reasons. And we all bring so many different things to the table. If we all just shied away from that and boxed that in, then we're basically all the same people like robots, basically walking around in the same, and that completely, that's not culture. Plus, you know, even with like the age gaps and different employees, like you mm -hmm. never know where someone's coming from or what experiences mm -hmm. that they've had that could benefit you um, mm -hmm. if you end up going through the same thing, right. Absolutely. Um, you know, buying a house or having that. For, when I had my first child, it was... I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I asked so many. I almost joined the mom's group. I was pretty much asking everybody about mm -hmm. everything, hoping that I didn't screw it up. Mm -hmm. And you need that because otherwise, like, I mean, in the 50s, I guess there was maybe like a good housekeeping column that you could read or you could ask like the neighbors or whatever. But I would rather be able to just ask someone who has been through it than to spend all day worrying about it and trying to do my work. Well, if you think about it, you spend 
more time with the people you work with than you do your own family sometimes, right? Yep. Sad but true. But that's the reality, right? We're here yep. five days a week. We're here more hours home. than we're yep. home. You go home, you still have your phone. Yeah. And so yep. it's that has become so important to like your whole experience because it's not like people say, oh, work-life balance and work-life blend. It is work and life. It is intertwined. That doesn't make that any less a part of you, what happens at home or your home life or the fact that I have kids or the fact that I lost my mom when I was 15 or the fact that, right, like those are all a part of who I am. Those are all a part of what I bring to the table every day. So the notion to just pretend that that part of your world doesn't exist, it's just not realistic. It's not life. Now, I like seeing kind of like the friends that I've made at work, like just time really does fly. And when you look back and you have like Kevin, my boss has two kids and, you know, I, I think his youngest, his son is probably like six now mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. I remember him I remember when, he, when was he was a baby. Born. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. So mm -hmm. It's just, it's kind of neat. And I get a joy out of seeing like the yeah. cool things that people do. Jess Huckins on our team who runs the Work Human Book Club, you should join it. She basically ran a bookstore in Scotland as a vacation. And you have to sign up like years in advance. And that's cool. I like mm -hmm. hearing about yeah. that yeah. because, you know, nobody wants to just be stuck at work all the time. Yeah. Now, I'm going to focus a little bit. Like, what do you want to see for the future of work for sure. your kids? Like, yeah. what do you want? Yeah. I mean, obviously, stating the obvious, I have a daughter, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I would love that by the time so future secretary right yeah right like exactly <laughs> like that's that's exactly right like i would love for us not to be talking about gender equality anymore by that point i don't know if we'll be there yet i would love for that to just not even like if you're still talking about it it's still a problem right like it just needs to be i want her to just be maddie hamilton right really smart person who can do amazing things. I don't want it to be, oh, Maddie Hamilton, you know, that Madeline, she's, you know, she's, a, she's, she's bossy. Or, she's, or yeah, oh yeah, bossy, or she's emotional, or, you know, it's like, so someday, right? Like, I think we're doing a lot to try to get there. I think we will get there, but it takes time. And I just want them to be lucky enough, honestly, to have the, some of the same amazing experiences that I've been able to have in my work career. I've been at great places. This is a wonderful place. Like, I'm so lucky. And I think that they'll have way more of the, we talked about the gift of choice. Like, there's going to be far less companies that are not great places to work than there will companies that are. And a lot more flexibility in terms of where you're working to. I'd see, I was looking at different houses <laughs> as I dreamed to move into a bigger house, yeah. which is not going to happen soon. But Looking at different places and you always think about the commute and whatnot, but mm -hmm. I think we're going to get to the point where technology's at where you're meeting up on a kind of like a WeWork basis. Like you have your team that you're checking in with like every couple of weeks or something in person. You can't ever get rid of the in-person thing, but remote working, people are doing it, you know, even now. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think in terms of my daughter, I definitely want her to just be known for her and not for, you know, her sex or anything or or any other thing that she believes in. Mm -hmm. And I just want her to have all the opportunity in the world to not be stuck because she's got to pay student loans. Like, I, that's already something that I'm worried about. Yeah. Wow. Or, yeah. so I think that kind of like the freedom to be, be mm -hmm. basically to be whatever you want and to do whatever ever you want to do. And that's what America's all about. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs>
And I think, you know, I think that they will have a lot more opportunity. And I hope that they recognize that and can appreciate that and do amazing things with the opportunities that they will have because they will be far more than what my parents had, far more than even what I had, I hope. You know, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, back in my day, we couldn't do this or that. I want to be like, back in my day, man, do I wish it was like that, you know? So I hope for them that they are offered amazing opportunities and that they do the right thing, you know, always do the right thing. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Maddie Hamilton will be <laughs> keynoting Work Human 2050. <laughs> I don't know what she's going to talk about yet, but it's going oh, to be I'm amazing. I'm sure it will be something good. She's a feisty one, that one. <laughs> I am sure it will be good. <laughs> well, thank you, Sarah, for letting us get to know you. And, um, yeah, no problem. Follow some of the stuff we do internally here at Work Human, and you'll see Sarah in the background. She's, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and if anyone wants to, you know, you can tweet me at shamiltonhr or reach out to me, email me, sarah.hamilton at workhuman.com. I'd love to chat to some of my fellow HR peeps. I'm always looking for networking yeah. and to bounce some ideas off of. So. How to deal with an employee who podcasts who's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah, um, no everybody out there, stay tuned for when we're doing uh, Work Human 2020. We will be announcing the dates at some point. But stay in the know with everything that we're pushing out there in terms of our social channels and also on the Work Human Book Club, which is on Facebook. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for having me on. This is great. You're welcome. All right. Bye, everyone. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at Work Human March 18th through the 21st in Nashville. Visit WorkHuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2019.